with you. I like the uh, the koozies that are one full piece of foam already like formed into the shape of the can. So all you do is slide it like to the bottom. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not seen those. So you haven't seen those? Mm -mm. I didn't. I didn't know if y'all sip these or if you chug them. But typically, uh, like we'll be. You, you can drink them pretty fast. Oh, let's go. Drew's got to reach in his box of tricks. <laughs> oh my Where gosh. did you get this? Yes. That's the most American Damn. thing I've ever seen. All right. All right. So this we're gonna we're testing this against the uh, the like, chug bud against the chug bud. That's that's what right, sparked it. You gotta put your mouth up. On no, I'm going to. You, you pour, pour it in, in first. Oh really? Yeah. Mike, you got some. If this works, you got some work to do because this one's got bald eagle on it. <laughs> it's called the Freedom Funnel. All right. Cacao. Down she goes. <laughs> Let's go. That's a man who served <laughs> his time in college. Oh, damn. You took the whole thing down, too. <laughs> Impressive. What are you supposed to do, half? That's what she said. <laughs> you can't, she said, you can't, yeah, you can't do it to yourself. I can do whatever I want. Damn, my brain's hot now. <laughs> that's good. I like it. Yep. Where, so where do we get one of these? That's, that's y'all's. We keep it? Yeah, She's keep it. No, this, is, this is sitting yeah. on the what? table now. Yeah, I know. Keep it right there. Right up in Dude. the Dude. She's going to be there forever now. It's a staple. That's yeah. a good chugger. You got you to sign off on her. It is. Dude. You got to sign on her before you leave. I'm just going to keep the sign here. still get you guys some advertising. literally build the Freedom Funnel. I saw that. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's a good way to start off the podcast, but I suppose we should introduce our next guest. Dude, that was an introduction itself, yeah. wasn't it? There you go. We have <laughs> Drew from, I, is it Wheel Pros, Rotiform, Feel? Which one is it? Is it Hoonigan now? Hoonigan. It's, it's Hoonigan now. hours ago, Hoonigan. Yeah. So we have Drew here from Hoonigan. Thank you for stopping by. Drew's Absolutely. been, uh, we've been connected. I think we connected, first of all, uh, didn't you come and get a tour here? Yeah. About a year with, ago. With yeah. Um, February. And then... Uh, yeah, that it, was the first introduction into the whole the Viper scene. So and tell it, a little bit how you found out about Viper, though. I think it's an interesting story. So it was interesting because I got a targeted marketing ad <laughs> from... Again. Probably yeah. Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I probably saw it back in, like, December or November of last year. Yeah. And then... As the algorithm goes, I screenshot it. And I was like, mm -hmm. dude, I need to revisit that. Those chairs look badass. I should probably invest in one of those. I didn't know what for. You know, was it going to be garage? <laughs> was it going to be for, like, my office workplace, chair? My yeah, office? whatever I didn't know. But I was like, that's overbuilt, and I really need that. Love it. So I always kept coming back to that picture. I'm like, God, that looks really good. So we came up here in February for Pumps Tire. They had a, big, yep. a huge conference every February. Yeah. So they bring in, like, all 600 of their locations. Um, they don't do anything on the custom side with us. They just buy a lot of our accessories, yeah. so specifically lug nuts. So we had a lot of downtime, and we went and visited some customers, and I went into uh, Redline yeah. right around the corner. And one, I've been in there plenty of times, but the guy that I brought in from uh, Minnesota, they wanted to give him a tour because he was more on the power sports side, and they yeah. do a lot of power sports. So we were walking around the facility, getting the tour, and I saw a bright red Viper chair. Let's go. That's awesome. And the tech was sitting on it, working underneath this badass, like, twin turbo Supra. Let's go. And I was like, White one? Yep. 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 I was like, dude, that looks, that looks awesome. The car looked good, but the Let's chair looked go. really good. 
So I asked him, I was like, how did y'all go? Like, how'd you get this? And he was right. like, you just missed them. Like, the guys were here like an hour ago. They <laughs> were shooting you. a video. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's a small world. Yeah. He was like, they were just here shooting a video. Like, they set up the chairs. We shot a bunch of roll with them. Like, they were here like all morning. And I still didn't know where y'all were located at. Had no clue. I just knew that the way our marketing is shot, and all of the automotive industry, like anything that looks that good is usually coming out of California. Yeah. So I was like, dude, they came all the way from California <laughs> to set up chairs and shoot a video? He's like, no. like Right down the road. Bro, they're five minutes away. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, this this thing that I see Depends on if Instagram Sam's driving or not. Sometimes it's like 25, bay? 30 minutes. So know. I was like, this thing that I see <laughs> on Instagram all the time and screenshot is like literally in my backyard. That's in awesome. Green Bay once a month. So I was like... We still had like two or three more hours before the conference started, so I was like, "Let's just go over there. Maybe they got a show." Dude, that's sick. I was, you know, I'm thinking you're like you it's think chairs, wild. you think like yeah. a furniture company, like you expect right. there to be like a little showroom, right? And it was February, it was cold, it was yeah. snowing, yeah. and we walked up to the front door, and there just wasn't anything. <laughs> rang the doorbell and nobody came which if anybody's in trouble for that i'm sorry <laughs> i just think they were really busy because there was a lot of phone this calls year, going February? on yeah i'm trying to think yeah. who was here well we had so, half the well, team at that point yeah, yeah at that point we yeah. didn't really have sales well, we went really the show. Truck and we were just gonna head back and i figured i'd just revisit it again right and then uh i was like you know what i just got a call i just got to man Dude. so i looked up the number <laughs> and i called and then chris gromo picked up and I was like, hey, man, we're in town. You know, we're, we're in the same industry. Like, we saw that you're right around the corner from one of the shops we were visiting. And yeah. didn't know if you had a showroom. He's like, are you in the white truck? I was like, yeah. He's like, look in your rearview mirror. And I, like, looked in the rearview mirror. He's, like, waving out. Like, Come in. That sounds in. like Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walked in, and he gave us the huge grand tour. And, like, the rest was history after that. That's so. awesome. Dude, it's it's not a coincidence if you think about it. Well, then we we like there all, was everything happens for a reason when it's needed to. Like, well, you called, like you had nothing, you had something yeah. in you to say call. But the know? funniest part too is like then it kind of just it didn't go anywhere. It was just nothing else happened, and then it wasn't until Viperfest started where he was going shop to shop, and they're like, "You going to Viperfest?" He's like, "What the hell's Viperfest?" And then that's what snowballed yeah. into kind of yeah. rekindling that, and coming back, and I, we're it gonna trickled off a little bit, so. Um, my mindset at that point was like, these chairs are awesome. They're overbuilt. I really need to get these into the hands of even just some of my customers. Yeah. In February, we're always leading up to, so Wheel Pros does a huge open house at every single one of their locations. So all 36 locations. And it's a huge customer appreciation. And then we bring in outside vendors. We bring in anybody that's like aligned with our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also invite every customer in the region. So... We're talking a couple thousand people get an invite. Right. And they come out, and we wine them, and we dine them, and it's actually a huge sale. No um, kidding. Like, we give them the deepest yeah. discounts of the year, and then they'll come in. And um, But it's more just to get face, like, get everybody under one roof and just hang out Absolutely. and have a good time. And then uh, also show off all the brand-new products that are going to be coming out for that year, which is why we do it in the spring and not the fall. Yep. Um, yep. And I was just thinking, I was like, we do tons of raffles, door prizes, giveaways, and I'm like big ticket items. Right. And we'll give out like Traeger grills, big like 70, 80 inch TVs. Like we just give away a bunch of stuff, but yep. it's always the same stuff, you know, and it's usually whatever Costco has right. on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and I just thought, I was like, what's something that like everybody in our industry would actually use? 
that's still a big ticket item and doesn't feel cheap and doesn't feel like they're not getting like a quality product and i was like dude we got to start giving away some of these viper chairs like let's, let's go, just raffle these things off <laughs> game over and the coolest part is it really works not to turn our horn but it's like it's a giveaway that works because everyone wants one people may just not want to spend the money on it so when they get it for free or they have an opportunity to give it oh, for yeah, free it's like yeah it's a, it's a big deal it yeah just, it didn't pan out just because of the short time so what happened was I went back, we did the conference, I went back to the hotel, and I just started actually like going through y'all's Instagram. Like, yeah. I got to know more about these guys. And I literally saw the same day a Hoonigan post. And I was like, how did I dude, not see Dude, that's like this? some destiny stuff. Yeah, how did dude, I not yeah. see and that was something yeah. that was something we just started doing right then, yeah. too. And it was the cleanest cut, like the cleanest edit. Like, the I, just, I still remember Stop. it. Like, the fan, almost set off the, the smoke fan alarm was for a second time. Dude, we can't make Sam's head any bigger than it already is. If you can no, just I get chill it. on that. That was not so I do, actually. We're having to move podcast rooms soon. It's getting a little tight in here. Yeah, so... Long story short, then I saw the Hoonigan post, and then literally the post that was right before that one was Throttle. So I'm like... Which, again, Wheel Pros owns. Mm -hmm. yeah. At that time, Wheel Pros owned Hoonigan and Throttle. We were, we were one year into our acquisition. Yeah, so we purchased them in 2021, and this was right at the beginning of 2022, right. so we were a year in. And I just, like, just kept hitting me i'm like dude how are these guys affiliated with the company that i work for let's go that's awesome <laughs> on levels that i don't even know like yeah. they're going out to our facilities or traveling cost country and going to these things and i'm just finding out that they're like in my territory much less in my backyard right. and i'm like ah, dude, I, I didn't i didn't know the backstory of how everything came together that's insane i didn't know that you saw that red line and well and just then before that you can hit Everything about it, Viper has yeah. one of these stores, which is the funniest yeah. thing ever. It kind of went stagnant for a while, which makes sense because once spring hits, it's just a roller coaster yeah. for us and yeah. anybody in the industry. You can't 100%. you can't catch a break. Like we're on the road going right. to shows, you know, every weekend if not twice a weekend. Right. And and that doesn't include the nine to five. So it kind of went on the back burner. Like I still followed the Instagram, screenshotted all the chairs that I wanted, <laughs> and. But we still didn't get you to buy, dude. I know, not yet. <laughs> He's got one out there now. Not yet. He, Drew had to get the special limited edition we'll white one, yeah. so we had to we're, wait for you white. You know what? We're gonna get you American bald eagle one now. Dude, the the no shoes doubt. he's wearing, we were talking about like last night because we went and grabbed dinner. Yeah. Oh, that like so checker what? pattern. Oh, with the sock that'd, too. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. That'd be good for a limited edition. So it would be. be really yeah. good. That's like mine, a mine that's like a Scotto edition, isn't it? Yeah, like, Scott, it's almost Scott like a rice flag edition, though. Yeah. Right? But huh? for us, I was thinking, flag? Yeah. Yeah. this, is, this, this could this be a popular one. Yeah, this I'm is our KMC wheel. Oh, yeah. So KMC is we already, all about off-road racing, Baja. Yeah. Like, Dude, we could already, we could already do it, because the ones you, what he wanted made was white with black hardware, so we had some white ones made for something else, so he jumped yeah. on that one, so we could yeah. do the tops and that. Yeah. That would look good. Well, dude, thanks for making the trip up here. So, Drew's in Chicago. Nope. How did how'd you get started at now Hoonigan? But previously Wheel Pros. Previously Wheel Pros. Previously a lot of other, yeah. other brands. Um, long backstory. How far back you want to go? Go deep. <laughs> yeah, all the way back. How, dig, how'd you get started? Deep. Were you a car guy before all this? or I was. So, I was born into it. Um, my dad was an area manager for McGuire's Car Wax. So he covered all of Texas, Illinois, Indiana, or uh, Illinois, no, sorry, 
I've been living up here way too long. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana. Nice. Jeez. Um, so he covered the whole southern region for McGuire's. So yeah. my life as a child was car shows, car events, SEMA. Right. Like, you name it. We were just always on the road. We were like a traveling band. Mm, right. And he just brought me along to everything because what kid doesn't want to just run around and look at cool cars? He was making like, you clean wheels. No, he was, he was bringing <laughs> He <you> did. <laughs> did he? Day, daycare is probably expensive. Had, so he's like, yeah. screw yeah. Over. Get to cleaning. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, got a, I got a fond appreciation of how to clean a car. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> and it was usually his car. Yeah. Because the last thing that any guy that's in the industry wants to do is clean their own vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So um, from as as... You know, as early as I can remember, I was just submersed in the, the car culture. Yeah. Um, the part of Texas that I grew up in, which was Dallas-Fort Worth, at that time, you know, we have really big high schools. Like, everything's big in the South. Everybody that goes to work, like, you're either going to your sack and groceries, you're going to Six Flags, and working at Six Flags or Hurricane Harbor, because that was, like, right down the street. Um, you're working passing out chips and hot dogs at like the ranger stadium <laughs> like it's all just like you know yeah. kid yeah friendly and i was like i'm just not about that i just didn't want to do that i wanted to do something automotive related but you know i wasn't old enough to get it like an ase certification or yeah. do anything like that so at that time uh discount tire was hiring and you could hire on as early as 15. You just couldn't work more than, like, 20 hours a week. So I was, like, the sweeping guy in the shop. Mm, that's where you got to start, But man. I was in a shop. Start I was submersed. Bottom. I was around vehicles. Yeah. And it it stuck. And yeah. I was making twice as much as all of my friends. So yeah. I was, like, living large. I loved it. You know, it, it, it was my little way to get into the car culture. Right. And kind of make my own seed without just piggybacking my dad or going to you know, playing the safe moment. bet and going and working yeah. for McGuire's. Right. You know? Until he went more for McGuire's. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that could always be a plan B, too. Yeah. It was. Right. So, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was my the way gun there. In. It wasn't until, like, actually becoming, like, you know, I, I turned 16. I was old enough to start working on the vehicles. Right. And I just realized that I really liked fitments and wheels and tires. And yeah. it wasn't even like the grind of like the changing the nine to five stuff, like on your mom's minivan. Right. Like it was the custom stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I really like took to it and really shined and just submersed myself in that. It didn't really take off until I moved. Right. So my wife, her and I, we've been together 18 years. And we were Jeez. high school sweethearts yeah. down in Texas. Her dad relocated the whole family up to Illinois. And so we we were always off and on, but we were always still pretty much together. Right. And when she graduated college, I did a couple of years of college right out of high school and just realized that the books just weren't for me. Like, I'm a very Same. much more hands-on guy. Like yeah. I, I like the, the trades side of things. Yeah. So... Um, she graduated, and I had, all of my buddies were graduating at that time, and nobody was using their degrees. Right. So I told my wife, I was like, apply at in that your point, field. You're, you're married in college? Um, well, no, we weren't married yet, so I probably sped up a little bit. But graduated high school, still worked for Discount Tire. Yeah. Joined the fire industry, 2008. Crashed, you know, stock market fell out. They weren't hiring anybody. Yeah. It's too expensive to keep your certifications, so... 
push that to the side. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't get to work out. So mm-hmm. I went back full time at Discount Tire and just continued to do what I knew. Um, but kind of felt stuck. Like it's a very stagnant area in Texas. Like yeah. at that time there were like 75 stores just in the Metroplex. Right. And I think now they're probably pushing over a hundred stores just in Dallas and Fort Worth. Like yeah. It's, just, it's, wow. it's huge. Thanks. Um, so still it's, growing it's, too. They just build one in Appleton. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah. I think they're at like 1200 stores nationwide. It's like they took over in that industry. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. They got a lot of competition now, but I mean, they still, they're the pinnacle. Right. Um, so we graduated, or I graduated, and just submer- submersed myself into working for Discount Tire and trying to go up the corporate ladder as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, realized that there wasn't a whole lot of room for growth because you have 75 guys chasing the same position. And it was just very cutthroat, and it yeah. just became something that I wasn't happy with. And I figured maybe a relocation, but still sticking with the same company might be better. Yeah. And at that time... My wife and I, we were we were really getting serious. We wanted to move back in, and she was either going to move to Texas or I was going to move up here. Um, and that's where the the whole college thing came in. And all my friends were not using their degrees; like it was just paper on the wall. Like they're going into the you know medical industry or just ch- they're chasing paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I told her, I was like, "You just graduated. Use your degree. Wherever you get accepted." I'll go there. Yeah. Like, I just want, if we're going to do this together and I'm going to help you pay off like student loans and stuff, like we're going to do this together. And then I want you to actually use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I came up to Illinois, which was probably the guy. best thing I could have yeah, ever damn. done. What a yeah. guy. We just a little cheers there, Jeez. dude. That's pretty legit. I years and doing all literally stuff, dude. told my parents like overnight. I'm like, I'm moving to Illinois. Yeah. Mom was pissed. Well, did you? Yeah. <laughs> you and your, you I, I don't can't know. make both women in your life. Dad, dad was probably that a little pissed, too, because <laughs> at that time, I, I think he thought that I would finally just, like, forego Discount Tire and go work for McGuire's and just yeah. submerse myself into his culture. Yeah. But as much as I knew about the car cleaning culture and stuff, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to detail cars. I'm sorry, Alex. That's just yeah. I, that, There's a reason I don't do it. That's just not my jam. So No, I... I, I see why you move like the connection you and your wife have too. It looks it looks awesome. I've never met her, um, but even not just what you're posting on social media, yeah. it looks like you guys are like best friends. Yeah, like, she that's, is. That's she's awesome. my best friend for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's awesome. awesome. We do everything together. She's really supportive. I mean, with life on but the road. Question though. You're drinking a spot of cow, and she's mowing the lawn. How the hell does that work? <laughs> no, the fair. problem is you're not. The thing is, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. You 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 messed up because she knows how cool it is to mow the lawn. You can't let them know that it's cool. That's it. how you like. Oh, I'll go. It takes me five should hours. I, you get out of the house. Should I let like, everybody listening think that she really did mow the lawn, or should I just like? <laughs> should I just say that she was sitting there watching me wash her car? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's because you don't have, you don't you have viper cheer, so yeah. she's just sit what on that. What you couldn't see from that picture was that I was. Like ten feet in front of it, detailing her car for her. See, so this guy needs a vibrant chair so bad he has his wife using the lawnmower to sit on to watch him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're hearing. It's true. Or he's just using that story, and she was actually mowing the lawn. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I've I've let her before, but I'm a little too particular. I like yeah. I like my Dude, I like my lines nice man. and straight. Absolutely, man. it's not that. It's just it's fun, and I want to be the one mowing the lawn. Like like you gotta ride it. Yeah, and just listen to a podcast Dude, or listen have, to music and just tone out. They have lawn. You know, you can go to school for lawnmowing. Yeah, lawn care. Lawn yeah. care. Yeah, what? it's a real there's, thing. There's video games on it. Like, um, I'm legit. We'll I'm, I just would like, like to know how they cross hatch like yards. Have well, you no, ever some seen people that? are super passionate about it. Like, yeah. Like, legitimately passionate about mowing lawns. Yeah. Uh, our our uh, truck contact for our shipping, he 
on his on the side he plays lawnmower video games he'll take lawnmower classes like it's an art there's and drone footage of it and stuff like people take it, it seriously Huh. It's a good if, way to build your brand, though. If you're a golfer, you'll understand that there's a definitely a market oh, yeah. for it. You ever go on some pristine golf courses, dude? It's cut perfectly, like yeah, flat. Seriously. And that's not just anybody with a lawnmower can go and do that. It takes well because they have. Skill. I watched it. They yeah. actually like take sand and they grade the yard and make it's it nuts, so it's yeah. flat. So they're going back over and yeah. over and over and taking sand, going back and back and forth until yeah. it's completely it's level. A, it's an art. That's for sure. Yeah. Art, I'm not interested in. I just like driving yeah. the thing around in circles. Well, and that's one thing. Like I did <laughs> while drinking spotted. Yeah, yeah, 100. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't get that in Texas. Like Texas, it's just everything's dead all the time. Can you get a DUI know? on a lawnmower? He know. hasn't yet. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know, let's figure it out. Is there, is there, I haven't yet. I is, don't know. <laughs> does the does the roadie law from Wisconsin apply well, to lawnmowers? Wisconsin's weird. Like, uh, get, yeah, roadie. That's you can get a, a DUI for for right for uh, being on a bicycle. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're doing something. If you safe. drink, well, if you here in Wisconsin, like it's pretty much anybody that's not in a car on a Saturday night is probably drunk, and yeah. probably in a car too. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to so leave. You can get a Dewey on, on a bicycle. But all yeah. the guys like all winter long are out, yeah. you know, ripping on their sleds <laughs> yeah. and going from hut Wasted. to hut, just ripping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have Makes to, sense if you don't think about it. I, I, so. I do have to bring up a little gripe that I have with Alex right now. Real quick, I don't want to leave bring the I don't want to leave the viewers or the listeners uh, like hanging there. Uh, therefore, Wisconsin's DUI statute covers driving a lawnmower on a city street. So as long as you're not driving a city street, you can drink. You good. In. Yeah. Wow. So just stay in the the grass area as you're driving alongside the okay. road, and you're hmm. fine. So you're technically mowing, sidewalk. I guess you're fine. You do sidewalk. Technically, right. there's no grass in the street, so that's probably where it becomes a legal issue. But let's hear the problem that you have with yeah, me. Where do we want to start? Are we starting with at the uh, top, or are we just doing one, or how many no, are we doing? Because so I, I, I don't want to leave Drew hanging this whole time. I think we're what? here for him, not me. Oh, so we're here for all of us, man. What's we're the cut up. No, the gripe is I borrowed Alex my truck yesterday. And then Drew picked me up for dinner. <laughs> well, in my defense, I tried to take old Blue, and she just didn't start. Yeah. It didn't start? Didn't start. Actually, Damn. I have the keys in my vehicle yet. And then so. I jokingly said something to Sam because I was he was helping me find the keys because you guys were busy. I couldn't find them in uh, uh, Dylan's office, but I found them because I put a fuel keychain on there, and that's how I ended yes. up finding them. Uh, and then so I went out there, and I couldn't start it, and I texted Sam. was like, it doesn't even start after all that type, whatever I said. And I were an Uber, and he's like, taco? And I was like, I'll take the taco. Ooh, yeah. He's like, when are you going to be back? I'm like, well, six. I don't know. It yeah. definitely was not six. <laughs> it was and not I, six. And I didn't look at me. Yeah, but so it's funny that I looked yeah. at my phone and after a little bit and I saw unread the message from <laughs> Sam and then Drew. And I was like, oh, crap. And then I saw, never mind, Drew's going to come get me. And I was like, that actually worked out really well. It, did. Like, it worked out surprisingly Because I well. didn't respond to either Except of them the and they actually we linked up to together. Yeah. Where were you going to go? Madrid Tapas. Tapas? Oh, where'd you go inside? It said it was open. We went to Hager. Hager, Hager, Hager or something? Hagermeister Park, dude? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, classic. It's the fallback. Yeah, well, that's where the we had the Christmas salad. party last year. Yeah. 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 It's a go-to. You just can't go wrong. It is. Yeah, it's too good. <laughs> All right, so uh, you and your wife, so you, you decide to pick up your bags. You're moving to Illinois. Yeah, yeah just packed up everything I owned. Um, How old are you? I've been here... 10, almost 11 years. I'm 34, so yeah, I was like 24, 25 when it packed up. It was just, I mean, yeah, it was just time I needed to change the scenery. So I didn't mind adopting like cold weather or, you know, anything like that. If anything, it was it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I had never really yeah. lived or seen 
changing of the seasons. I didn't right. didn't know that was a thing. Um, I just wish I didn't move up in the middle of a February. That was no. kind of stupid. You yeah. see it for the first time, though, like the four seasons. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Dude, you just, you I'm so, I haven't it. seen yeah. Fall in forever. It I've, blows like, my mind. I've been in Florida <laughs> for... Makes, it makes been, us feel like we take it for granted. Do you like, really do? Like, I've been in Florida for 20 years now or whatever, and Florida doesn't have seasons. We have summer, and we have kind of a winter. That's, yeah. And then uh, so, like, and every time I come up here, for whatever reason, I never come here in the in the fall. And I didn't realize because fall comes and goes here really quick. Like, uh, you got to be there at the right time. Yeah. And so, like, this is the first time I'm up here, and there's fall, and, like, the colors of the trees and the leaves. And I'm like, this is all. I'm sitting, I'm driving yesterday. Yeah. You see my phone. I have like 20 pictures of me just taking pictures of the trees and whatnot. Like, yeah, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. he came and picked me up at like six in the morning the other day, and I was like walking outside, and it was dark, and I could see that one of the trees was a different color. And I'm sitting there taking pictures of this one tree. And like, it's awesome. You guys definitely take it for granted. Yeah. That's it's, what we say. It's about really it goes, You got two seasons. You got February and you got summer. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty barren there. It's dry. In Texas. When did we go down to Goldberg's? Because that was really nice. Um, that was like, like that February. Was it really was perfect. Nice. Yeah. It was like 65 and sunny. We're, we're Jeans and a t-shirt. He's just outside of um Oh, what was that city Austin. called? So you know Austin? No, not outside really Austin. Uh, he's in a Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. Bernie, okay. Texas. Yeah. Um, that was a nice area. Yeah, Austin's like the what only is that place that gets like some nice green. And That's some, not, it's the hmm. Texas Hill Country. It's not Austin. What city is that that we flew into? San... San Antonio. San Antonio. There, there we go. So yeah, that was, that's West started. Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of... They're we had a tour out in know. the middle of nowhere out there, too. Yeah, yeah. Close close to the We don't talk about that, yeah, though. Yeah, you, know. you don't have to... It's awesome. Pretty. Oh, dude, why do you got to yeah, bring up that every time? We're not going to talk about <laughs> this. I was just bringing up, like, getting let down, not that part. Okay, so Texas was great. So you came up to Wisconsin. How long did it take you to adjust to the cold? Uh, y'all, y'all but got those me. You gotta elaborate <laughs> Such a broad question. Oh, fuck. But there's but just two dogs. Dude, it was, yeah, it's, uh, it was uh, okay. fast forward. No, we're not no, talking we're not about cut. that. We're not talking no, about no, that. No, we're keeping it. We're gonna cut. Everyone's got to hear about it. No, I don't. Talk about bro. this. Real this quick, is so depressing. It's already in your head. Hey, Drew, do you want to hear about two dead dogs? No, what? one dead dog. That's so sad. Yeah, and three two, dogs. Yeah, so no, we don't want to. Two more walking away. He complains about this all the time, but always brings it up every time. we're driving down. We're driving back from... I think this is like the third podcast we brought this up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. We should just we cut can explain it, it better yeah. here. Whatever. We're driving driving back from getting catfished and uh <laughs> and uh we, it's a four hour it's drive there too. And <laughs> so we're driving and, and it's like no just, context of that. Was like it's just, it's just nothing. Yeah. You know, you got like your oil oil rigs and everything. <sighs> and uh this work truck in front of us is beaming, probably doing 80, 90. And middle of nowhere, Texas. dude. Three dogs cross the road. He tags one of them right in front of us. Like, I'm yeah. talking three car lengths in front of us, and we see it. And it's you know, yeah. The other two dogs. The like, other two dogs, like they 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 cross going. the road, but they stop and like they look back, and we pass. And I'm looking at my rearview mirror, and they go and like they go back in the road to like look at their dead friend or brother or sister fallen really brother and dude it's just sad to see the, like yeah. the two dogs go back and like it's gone and the dude didn't even stop or anything he just kept going yeah so he was in a big that was, truck so dude we after that happened it was it was silent for like an hour and a half all of us were just like damn dude. that sucked hopefully this wasn't before you met goldberg hopefully it was like no it was. it was the day before was. yeah the day before it yeah. was the shittiest day oh, before God, yeah. like honestly but everything turned around and that was an amazing trip after that but like dude, I, it was so much fun for He's such our a cool guy for goldberg like, was awesome this yeah. was our first like big trip i think and yeah. like 
that was day one, and it was you could not we. I, we called it a shittier day, but that was a shitty day yeah. all around. But Goldberg made We still had a good time, though. Yeah. He seems like, like he just loves dude, his Dude, Texas was he's really a, cool. Dude. He's a genuine dude. One of like, the best park, guys no I've ever met. Yeah, yeah like, he, he's like, <clears throat> so you have all these celebrities, and you know, a lot of times either you're fully over yourself, and or sorry, you're fully full of yourself, and like the world revolves around you, or you're still a genuine person. You just became famous from doing cool stuff. Or being um, yourself, and that's Goldberg. He was a big meathead and loved America, loved body slamming people. Yeah. And we went there. He's still Goldberg. He's still big. He still has Dodge calling him every single day. And he blocked off six hours to hang out with us. He just sat yeah. there while we were building sat the chairs, there. talking to us. And like he was telling us about all these businesses. And the thing I'm thinking about is like you have like n- n- 90 businesses you're running, and you're sitting here hanging out with us. Talking to he us. took like maybe awesome. one or two phone calls the entire time, but he was so intentional. Phone, phone calls because he was connecting with other people. He's like, you know who would like this chair? Yeah. And just calling another celebrity guy. And it's like, dude, that is just phenomenal. Right he was so happy to yeah. have us there. And like it was just, it was. And the coolest thing too is he built that whole garage. And like it wasn't even a, like this was his like, pinnacle of like what he wanted to do in life his not what he wanted to do in life but like one thing that really made him happy is building his ultimate garage right to store his cars that he's been collecting his favorite things ever half of that dream shop of his is a weight room he made just for his kid like how cool is that as a dad like that stuff that was awesome what's his son's name I didn't uh, attempt. I lifted that thing clean. Gage. Cleaned it. Cleaned it. Cleaned it. It was like 650 cleaned. pounds. You and cleaned pull it, bro. And then there's probably <laughs> pull, video of it. Pull the he video. Walked right to he this. pulled his back. <laughs> yeah. But his uh, son's name's Cage, right? Or Gage? Yeah. I'd Gage. have to watch Gage. Gage because it sounds bad. Yeah, dude. Gage Goldberg. Damn. He's a big kid, too. But, uh, but yeah, a, that's, that's a tough name. That's right. Uh, he's that's a wrestler name for sure. Like, yeah, you're in WWE, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was our Texas trip, and uh, yeah, besides that little that little hiccup, it was a great, yeah, great trip. Hopefully, I'll get a better one, yeah. But we uh, do need to go back. All right, there. Well, you're moving to, on. You're, you're in Illinois now, it's you, old. you and your wife, you gra- or she graduated college. You just said, you know, the same for me. Yep. So she uh, she applied everywhere and she got hired on in in Illinois. So that made the the transition up here a lot easier. And all of her family had yeah. stayed in Illinois. So it wasn't like it was just me and her against the world. Like I still had family. Sure. In the area. So. Um, What'd she go to school for? Uh, marketing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right so and she was using it. Yeah. Um, Realized how cold it was and that I probably made a mistake. Yeah. So, <laughs> Especially ten, moving in February. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't just that. It was the 10, I think, right at 10 years ago was when they had the polar vortex, like the yeah. really bad one. And that was the day I was unloading a U-Haul. There's the f- clueless flirting over here. I don't know what that is. So I drove, yeah. That's when it's like. It sounds cold and that's negative what it is. Outside. It was terrible. Yeah. Polar vortex. So like 30s? No, no, like, no, 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 like no, negative, yeah. negative, it was <laughs> negative 47. Yeah, 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 it was bad. It's still probably just left we were carrying until tomorrow. <laughs> well, I had to get my clothes, I had to yeah. start my new job you're, on Monday. No, your clothes would have froze, everything, dude. yeah, like it was bad. <laughs> yeah, so went and uh continued to work for Discount Tire and just continued to work up the corporate ladder, but it was in a, an area that was actually growing and. They were open to options, so me growing up with my dad and just submersing myself into, like, the car scene and the car culture, Mm -hmm. I realized, like, one thing that really resonates and gets, like, people 
to recognize your brand, especially if you're in that industry, is car shows. Mm -hmm. Like cruising, like cruise nights, car shows, meetups, just anything like that. And there was nothing that Discount Tire was doing like that. So I approached the vice president and I was like, dude, just let me, I'll do this off the clock. Like I won't even charge. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, just let me do me. Just like, Mm -hmm. I just want to run with this. If it's a fail, I'll never ask you to do anything again. (laughs) Yeah. And so I put on uh, like a cruise night every single weekend yeah. all summer long. And I would just go to around to different discount tire locations and set it up for them. And Let's it go. just took off. It was Hell yeah, dude. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, take that plunge. And it was awesome. It, it got the brand out there, but we would also host other brands to come in. And Wheel Pros was already established in the area at that point. Yeah. So I would always piggyback on Wheel Pros because – I liked pushing a lot of aftermarket wheels and then the fitment was just kind of my thing. Yep. And so I would always invite them out to the cruise nights and they would show up in force, bring out a bunch of, you know, custom wheels, displays a lot like what we brought over to Viper. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of built this relationship and this partnership between myself and them, but it also piggybacked both companies and it just seemed to really work and it took off. Um, You, you, VP was probably like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Corporate loved it. I yeah, mean, they were showing yeah, up. Like, they yeah. got to show off. That. A bunch of the guys had classic cars, and right. they got to bring their cars out to all the different cruise nights. So it was a good time. You got to um, shake things up and make it different. Yeah. I love that. You can't just stay stagnant. You always got to chase more. Yeah. So um, <laughs> at that point, there were three three top wheel brands in the industry that were, were pretty much covering the entire market. So you had Wheel Pros. Uh, which was a parent company to I think like eight brands at that at that time. Mm-hmm. You had MHT Luxury Alloys, um, which had like another seven or eight brands at that time, and then you had TSW, which was pretty big. They had sixteen brands at that time, mm-hmm. and those were the three. They were the bigs, and those were the only three brands that I sold or pulled from. Um, I just had a great relationship with Wheel Pros because they were right in my backyard. Yeah. All the other guys were. You know, I mean, there was an MHT office, but it was like a couple guys that were just answering the phone, yeah. which was actually Danny. Oh, small came, world. Yeah, who came with us. So he was a transfer. And nice. So I always leaned heavy on Wheel Pros. And then I saw the news that I think it was 2018 that, no, it was 2019, Wheel Pros bought MHT. Mm. I was like, this is huge. Like, that's like the equivalent of like Chevy buying Ford. Yeah. And wow. so I hit up uh, Jeff Fitch at the time, who was the area manager for Wheel Pros, and him and I had a really good rapport. We hung out outside of work, and I was just like, dude, you just brought on eight brands that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be easy for you to learn because it's still the industry, but you don't know the SKUs. You don't know what a the sales part numbers. Man. You don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Clever. And I do. Yeah. I'm pushing all three brands already. So we did a lot of sitting down. It actually took a lot longer um, for the full acquisition and integration to go into effect, but we kind of had a plan laid out. So I just stuck with Discount Tire until we seemed comfortable. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the full integration and we went public with it, then I jumped. Yeah. Wow. So I gave up 15 years is how long I was already at Discount yeah. Tire. Jeez, I was going to say, that life. wasn't too long ago then, like three and a half years or four yeah. years? Yeah, I jumped off when I was 30. I'm 34 now. Yeah. So I'm in my fourth year with Wheel Pros and now Hoonigan. And dude, it was, it's been a whirlwind. 
Like, yeah. I haven't looked back since. It's Love been it. it's been a riot. Um, when I did jump off, though, I mean, that was in November of 2019. 2020, we go public. Yeah. Three months later, that not only did we purchase MHT, we just bought TSW. Yeah. So, now so MHT Wheel and Pros, TSW, what is that for everyone listening? So, MHT brought on Rotiform. It brought on Fuel Off-Road. Yeah. Uh, it brought on Foos Design. Mm-hmm. You guys are very familiar with Foos. Yeah. Um, it also brought on Niche Road Wheels. And I feel like I'm missing one. Motegi? No, Motegi was already um, a brainchild for Wheel Pros. Motegi's been around since the early 2000s. That was one of the first brands that, that Wheel Pros brought on and actually made their own. Black Rhino? And we'll go, we can get more in depth on that too. Black Rhino was a TSW. All right. I give so up then. TS, yeah. TSW <laughs> was their own brand. So TSW is very, very popular in the racing scene. Like there's a lot of old classic, you know, yeah. European and tuner, um, like the center lock lug that you see on a lot of the rotiforms. That was actually, yeah. that goes back to the TSW days. Like yeah. TSW had a center lock. So mm-hmm. they've always been in the performance car, you know, scene. So then we, I found out that we brought over TSW, and I was like, dude, this is a home run. I know right. all three brands. I was like, we have to submerge ourselves into these brands and just yeah. hit, it, hit it, like, you know, full force. And COVID popped. Yeah. The same month. And then I was, like, the phone stopped ringing. Right. And I don't know. I haven't heard y'all's COVID stories. I don't know how it was around here. I'm sure yeah. y'all were scared shitless like we were. It actually well, was you guys a were blessing much, for you us. You guys were much bigger than we were still trying to trying to get traction. Yeah. You know, but one thing I want to touch on that industry the wheel industry, I feel like it's there's so many players in the game. Yeah. You know, there's so many Not anymore, buy. you keep buying them all. Well yeah, but so so what you <laughs> we notice wanna, is we like, want to hone in our own brands now. It, that's why I think this is such a massive change with the Hoonigan side is that you're changing Wheel Pro's name to Hoonigan. Yeah. And where typically in the industry you have these bigger brands buying it, but they yep. still keep the name. Like Rotoform's still Rotoform. It didn't change to what was it, MST or whatever? Correct. So MHT you know, like, was the parent company, but they kept all of their brands the same. Exactly. The same yeah. as Wheel Pros did once they when they manufactured Motegi, uh, Moto Metal. Um, like we kept those as their own brands. When we purchased yeah. KMC XD, we kept it as its own brand. Like, Wheel Pros was the parent company, just overseeing it. Like, it was the father figure. Yeah, so I always wondered this, and you're the guy to ask because you've been in the industry for a lot of years. So, <laughs> What's your favorite what, wheel? No, what makes <laughs> what makes them different? What makes all these brands, these wheels, entire brands different? Is it the name? Is it the brand style? Is it <clears throat> who's got more money to put out on marketing? Like, I don't think it really has anything to do with the uh, – are you talking about under the wheel pros now Hoonigan umbrella or just no, in general? Just, just in, in general. general. So like, okay, you have hundreds of different places to buy wheels from. What makes them all different? You know, what makes people loyal to Rotoform versus? It's very, yeah, it's very much marketing. And That's huge. Mm-hmm. If people don't know your product yeah. and you're not out there pushing your product, they're never going to buy your product. Yeah. Um, so with social media nowadays, I mean, the marketing's the forefront of anything that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a lot, that has a lot to do with why we went to Hoonigan. Yeah. But the other companies that are starting up, that's, that's exactly what it, they don't have the bankroll that we do, mm-hmm. but they're selling 
just as not i mean just as much wheels Mm -hmm. right and it's because they're out there grinding and they're they're earning their part of the profit share yeah because they're they're getting it out into people's like the eye of the the consumer they're going to every single show Mm -hmm. they're they're fighting over title sponsorships like they're just gritty yeah 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 there's yeah. also the design innovation is a big thing because it's like you have to have that brand, you have to have that presence and everything like that, but you also have to be the one innovating those designs, I assume, right? Because the thing is like you'll launch a wheel, the cool design, and then everyone's going to copy it. But you're the one designing it. You're making the cool design, and then you have everything to back it up so that yeah. you guys are still at the forefront. It doesn't matter if people like knock your stuff off because you've already established yourself as that brand, whereas a lot of those other yeah. companies aren't coming up with the designs. They're just waiting for you guys to do it. You guys are leading the front. And that's what continues to make you guys grow. Because you guys talking about, like, yeah, you know, we have those. What are the fuel ones that everyone loves that Dylan has? And I had on my Raptor. What is that wheel? Uh, fuel Rebel. So we had the Fuel Rebel. That was like Same the thing most, that's on Dylan. Sick, yeah. most popular whatever. And he's like, just wait, we have a better one coming out. So like, it's the constant innovation of another design. Like that yeah, wheel got ripped it's off never a ton. Being complacent. Yeah, and now you're coming up with another one, and that's what's going to keep you growing. That's kind of I think what I would assume separates you guys from everybody else is it's that also you're doing knowing all that. when something's like needs to come to an end you can't just ride the coattail of something forever Mm -hmm. you know you always have to constantly innovate and come up with something new something fresh especially in this cutthroat competitive market that we're all in and yeah i think that's essential nowadays is yeah especially no matter what level or no matter what size you are you have to stay innovative yeah. You know, you have to. Otherwise, Absolutely. if you get complacent, there's somebody else like the under. So let's just say Rotiform stops designing wheels or, you know, finds the cutting edge uh, next next product. That little dog is going to do it. You know, the, the underdog is going to come up and take that spot if you guys aren't doing it. Yeah. You know? In every industry, there's that where you have that product and there's a company that gets really successful off that product and then they end up getting content. Right. And then they just become stagnant, and everyone still uses them because it's the only thing there, but they're not doing anything to further that growth because they're happy with it. That's what you'll just, see. If you, you call them like fad companies. Yep. People that just come in, they're big for like a year, year and a half, and then they're gone. Yeah, they because they just, they just they hit one product at the right time in the right market. And you see a lot of clothing companies. Like clothing that. companies are in and out, dude. Do you, so frequently. Like we're experiencing in the energy drink space where people are just launching an energy drink because it's hot right now yep. you know and it's then, a big aisle yeah and then what what's going to happen is if you don't have a purpose or a story or something behind it of why you're better why right. choose you over the other guy you're just going to phase out you know and that's that's what really is the 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 main factor of what how to get to the size that you guys are well you know, and i think i think a lot of that is also who's in charge and who's leading yeah the companies in the forefront and we're blessed in the fact that our original creators, um, Randy and Jody, that made the company back in 94, have been nothing but, you know, just they're, they're innovators in the industry and they always want to be on the top. Mm-hmm. And so they're very smart. We reinvest in anything that we do. Love we it. don't just coast. So, like, yeah. with COVID, we were all, you know, pretty scared shitless. The phones just turned off for two weeks and mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the phone lit up and it didn't stop for a year. Oh, yeah. We Dude, blew through our wild. inventory and just we were selling more back orders than, than during orders. COVID. Yeah. See, because so everyone starts. They, that's one they thing I that want to touch every, on is, is yeah. the COVID side. So you're at you asked on, on our end. So, dude, there was so much fear pushed into the industry, especially from your big podcasters that had their own businesses. Like one of them that, you know, uh, we, we always listened to was saying. 
essentially saying you're screwed if you don't have X, Y, and Z. If you don't have money built up, if you're a new company, COVID is going to wipe you out. You know, you might as well tuck in a bed and, and call it a night where it's like, dude, where you see the brands take off are those that absolutely invest as much as they possibly can and take risks when the market is down. Mm-hmm. COVID times. was our biggest growth period that we've ever had. Yeah, and that got, and then once, once it would, once it was over, that's when we took the next level, you know? And if you look at it from the bigger, the brands that are out there right now, they're big because they didn't stop when the market went down. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, they doubled down. They doubled down yeah. and took market share from those brands that weren't. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what size of company you are. Even if you're a small company and you get hit with hard times, you have to continue to push through those difficult times. Absolutely. Dude, that's just, just a personal it's, it's life thing. You do that in a business and thing. You, you do that in life as the, a person or whatever. It's like when you're in those difficult times, that's what starts everything off. And but you got to cut the noise out too. There was so much noise of like, yeah. if you don't have this, you, you're going to like, it's going to be tough to make it through. If you don't have this, if you don't have money, you're fucked. Like, it's like, dude, put your head down, shut out the noise and get tunnel vision focused throughout this time yeah. for yeah. a year, two years, whatever it may be. Yeah. And we then always, that elevates you to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's not going to be the last time. COVID, mm-hmm. COVID was was COVID. There's going to be something in five, six, seven years from now. And yeah. It's going to be the same thing. It's it's we're still for the man made you know? the next man made disaster. Yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm yeah. a, it's historical. There's going to be another like whatever it may be. So it's just all, no matter what, whether times are good or times are bad, you have to continue to fucking grow and head oh. down. You know, for us, for see us, right there, already... going back to like your leadership thing. That's yeah. kind of what has led everything is. Sh- how he talks like that and what he's done and like you look at it like back from like when this whole started is like he kind of let me have like a blank canvas to kind of do these weird things that would like spark that creative and 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 push it more and do more things and then like what's cool is like i was with josh the other day he's like oh yeah did you see these levers i was like what did you do and he's like i knew a company and i thought it'd be cool if we did these levers in different colors and stuff like that and it's like you see how it kind of like trickles down and it's just yeah, it's yeah it's scary. Cool you rubbing off on people. I don't know. <laughs> hey, but well, we, that's a good thing or a bad thing. Then, then the innovation's <laughs> right. not stopping no, though. No, seriously. So that's what, and then that's what's going to keep going. If it's just like, say it was just me coming up with ideas, it's like it's going to get stale. I'm going to run out. But if we have mm-hmm. all of us, like you, come up with things, everyone comes up with things, and that's what you have. We have an environment where everybody wants to be part of that. Everyone wants to contribute to it, and it's like that's yeah. what leads to the unlimited growth. Well, and you see yeah. that a lot with the companies that get rich overnight, and it's like either they double down, like you said, which is a great analogy and reinvest in their company and continue to grow mm-hmm. or they just line their pockets. And I feel like it's the one that just line their pockets that they just, they fall flat. Yep. Yep. And I think it also has to do with the upcoming of that company and how hard they had to grind. Like short backstory on Randy, like he, him and, and Explain Jody, real quick who Randy is. So people. So don't. Randy White is, he's one of the co-founders for wheel pros. Um, originally with American racing. So nice. American racing yeah. is hundred percent in our DNA and we created American. I, we didn't, but American racing came around in 1956. And then in 19, like 65, um, our hail created us mags and they kind of mm-hmm. ran parallel. Uh, they had common interests based off of who was driving for who, because those wheels were made for, you know, they were light magnesium wheels that needed to go fast on drag cars. Yeah. That's their hmm. DNA. And so they were, kind of ran parallel, and they actually ended up becoming one company. Um, unfortunately, the the U.S. mag side got sold off in the 80s. However, American Racing continued its DNA. Randy was, he was with American Racing that whole time. 
and that's how he learned the whole culture. Mm-hmm. Um, got with Jody, and then 1994, they created Wheel Pros. And 1996, opened up our first distribution centers, and it just started to go up from there. Um, at that time, from like 96 to 2000, Wheel Pros was nothing more than um, like a host. Mm-hmm. They just, we brought wheels in, we sold them to, to other, you know, yeah. manufacturers at wholesale and we shipped them right out but nothing was officially ours yeah like we didn't have a brand we didn't have a, an identity and then early 2000s that's when we made motegi um and we made moto metal um it wasn't until later on that we really continued to grow randy when they started back in 94 he kind of had a similar story to you mm-hmm. which i really thought was cool would drop whatever he was doing at that moment, answer the phone, fill the order. Yeah. And then go deliver it. Didn't matter if it was Monday, Saturday, Sunday, that order was getting delivered. Yeah. And he has a little backstory too. He would answer the phone, go pull the order, just had a brand new newborn. Mm -hmm. His wife would load up the car seat in the (laughs) van and she would go deliver the wheels while he continued to grab the phone. It's crucial. Push more orders. Wow. Like so somebody that's grinded from like that has got the full interest of the company at heart. 100%. And he's stayed through all the way through. And it's it's been a blessing. And I'm blessed to work for those kind of people now. Yeah. Um, and from, you know, 94 all the way up to 2018, Wheel Pros was nothing more than a wheel company. Mm-hmm. We did host a few tire brands. But at the DNA, it was just wheels and wheels only. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until 2018 that we kind of stepped back and looked, you know, like we should probably look at some accessory sides of things too. Like yeah. we're going to need lug nuts to put these things on. Smart. You know, we shouldn't just keep hosting other lug yeah. nut brands. We should yeah. make our own lugs. Yeah. Um, we, we need to bring in suspension. We need to bring in TPMS, like everything that somebody's going to need to make these oversized wheels and stuff fit. Absolutely. We need to invest. So All of it. that's when we bought a bunch of accessory brands in 2018. And when the COVID bubble hit and it, everything took off and we were, you know, selling more product than we ever had and we were just riding the, the, this wave, they could have easily just been like, all right, well, we're at, you know, 25, 30 years into the company yeah. now. Let's just cash out, you know, while we can. Instead, they doubled down, different dude, invested passion. all of the money into the company. And what we did is we just started buying more companies. Yeah. You know, and it it was all with the interest at heart. You know, I don't know how it was for materials with y'all, but at any given point during COVID, we had three to 400,000 wheels on the water mm-hmm. coming from China. Well, our average cost of a container was $1,800 mm-hmm. going into COVID at the peak of COVID, we went up to $21,000 for a container. It's still not bad compared to some. It's crazy. <laughs> you know? And and you have to imagine Sounds how many like wheels, you know, four to 500 wheels are in a container, and we have three to 400,000 on the water at any given point. It's how nuts. many containers is that? That's yeah, a lot. that's insane. So we had to really take a step back and look, and at that point, the companies wow. that weren't being smart with their investments were knocking on our door. I don't know the specific companies that have knocked, but I've heard at its pinnacle and at its height, we were getting a call a day for people tr- saying, please acquire me. Please buy me. Just, I got scared. I don't care what it Dude. takes. Yeah, it's it's the power moves that you – there's two things I want to touch on before I, before I forget. The first being is it's funny what you're talking about of the early days, you know, when he's fulfilling 
the orders. We just had a gentleman stop by giving a tour to, and that's what we described. He's like, how'd you get the uh, the warehouse to be so efficient? It's like, because we were doing it. Yep. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that we, he's like, who, no, first the question he asked was, who'd you bring in to help, you know, design the, the flow of this? It's like, we did it because we were in it, doing it, for years on end so yeah. we knew the inefficiencies we knew where we knew every aspect. exactly and um i truly believe the companies that quickly grow or get to that next level are led by people that did the nitty-gritty shit like, pull up your sleeves and do the that work as a found, yeah. as a founder you have to do everything in the beginning i i wholeheartedly believe in that you have to do the accounting you have to do the finance you have to package orders you have to know every aspect of your business because how can you one, hire the proper person to run it. Right. And then two, teach them how to do it if you haven't done it yourself. Right. Yep. Then you're relying on them to set it up properly. And if it's the wrong hire, they could set up an entire system wrong. I feel like in the beginning phases, people are too scared to get their hands dirty, you know, because they're seeing this this overnight success of these brands popping off. It's like, dude, it takes time. Like you said, Randy's been yeah. in it since what, ninety five? So Yeah, ninety four. Twenty eight years. You know, and that wasn't an, an overnight success. It's not know? an overnight. Twenty-eight years, dude. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Yeah. Um, the second thing I want to touch on is uh, you guys' is warehousing. Like, so you dropped off some booklets when you're here for ViperFest. Yeah, dude, it's insane the amount of SKUs you guys have. Holy shit! I want to talk aftermath of like what it's, you use, how you manage all that stuff because it, it's impressive, dude. It's it's insane. Um, I use the tools they give me, so I'm probably yeah. not the best like yeah. technical advisor on that. It's um, not. We use a lot of Salesforce. Yeah. Um, for for you know the data entry side of things. Um, so does this mean we can increase SKUs if we use this software? Yeah, of course, it's definitely <laughs> possible. Yeah. I think I think it's yeah. There's a lot of companies on board. Discount Tire used Salesforce before I went over to them. Yeah. And, like it's it's a pretty big company. Yeah. And um, it's definitely a great sales tool, but that's why some of these acquisitions take so long absolutely you, you know? got to convert all the SKUs over make it make it match or you just use their system or i don't i, I think, don't know how it I works i've never been in it but i haven't i haven't heard like the amount of the the SKUs on the last like two or three acquisitions but i know like the mht one when i came on bringing just that company over brought over fourteen thousand SKUs. And that was one company and then we brought over tsw who had twice as many wheels under their umbrella and portfolio and then since then, it's been throttle, Hoonigan. Um, you know, we brought over, we bought Trans American Wholesale two years ago. So that brought over literally Dude, you guys are owning the market. Four wheel parts, like it brought oh, over yeah. everybody. It's insane. I don't, I don't know the total brand count now. Um, I think <laughs> under the Wheel Pros umbrella, I think we're at like around forty six brands. Um, That's wild. That includes accessories as well. Yeah. And then under the Wheel Pro or uh, Hoonigan umbrella. This also includes like throttle and some other. That's sixty-five right. brands that we own right there. Yeah, dude, it's a it's a crazy industry, and um, especially keeping this for like people who are starting up their own business. I want to touch on a point of, uh, you just you just mentioned off that you own forty-six brands, so plus what was the total you said? Like eighty-six, 60, so about a hundred brands overall. 100 brands. Six sixty-five brands. Sixty-five brands under, okay, so under Hoonigan right now. So sixty-five brands in the same industry. How many of those are say tire? That only sell like tires and wheels. Oh God, I don't know. Yeah, forty, fifty, probably. Okay, so there's forty and fifty different companies selling the same thing, 
in the same industry. Yeah. So we get this a lot of people saying, Are you, you're going to run out of audience. You're going to mm. run out of a demographic. No. And I don't think people understand how big the United States industry is. And that is just the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you move into Canada. And then you move into Mexico and it's insane. overseas. It is insane. So anybody who's in the beginning stages or thinking of starting a business that thinks it's already this saturated, is, there is so much market out there if you have a story, a good product, and a great service. And there's another side like, of this. Like I was talking to my buddy this weekend. He owns a company. I'm not going to say what they sell or what they do because it's it, a small world or whatever. But like, so it's always like you sell, say we're both selling this, a water bottle, right? And there's five other brands and it's almost like a competition or whatever. What they did, they realized that like they each had something unique to offer and they realized that the market's big enough for all of them and there's no reason to compete uh, against each other. And so they started like chatting and they all got into a group chat and they started helping each other and they started touring each other's facilities and, oh, that's how you do this, this is how I do this. And they started taking pros and cons from other systems and now they're just like, they all work together even though they sell the exact same, not the exact same product, but the exact, they sell the same product of what it is in its form, although they offer little things like a story or other accessories or whatever. And it actually helped all of them become even bigger. So it's like there's so much into that, what you're saying, right. too, that people just don't even realize. Yeah. Especially yeah. – uh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, even in the super niche industries, too. So we have a, a business advisor that ran a very successful business in a super niche machinery industry. And he has probably 10 or 15 brands that are even bigger than him, double, triple the size – and he said they never interfered. For 20 years of him running his business in a super niche, large machinery business, only mm-hmm. in the United States. And it's just insane when you take a, a step back and look at it from a bird's eye view and look at how many people there are out there. So next time when you're flying in a plane and you look out the window and you see all these little cities, like, dude, you're in like a little section of the United States. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the... Like, don't get discouraged about joining an industry or moving into an industry that already has maybe 20 or 30 or 40 companies in it already because there's money to be made if, one, you hustle your ass off, two, you have a good product, a good service, and at a good price point. Like, if you go different too, do it for 10 or 15 years. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like you do it for two years and it doesn't work out and then you move to something else. It's like, dude, you barely even started after two years yeah you know it's something as silly as going back to his discount tire story there was tons of tire shops but like your mentality of like let's start a car show like it's something as simple as that that makes all of a sudden you start doing car shows no one else is doing it now you're the coolest tire company right and then people want to use you because of that so it's always something else to add to it or you get to a size which what you guys did is you're like holy shit okay we almost we pretty much own the tire and wheel industry what else can we do? What else is our consumer buying? That's you know, exactly, okay. So yeah. that's just tires and wheels were just one section. Now you just you just doubled it by adding another product. Well, and, I think, and you guys you know, didn't yeah. even need to do that. You guys were already massive enough. You didn't need to do what just happened. But like your forward thing and you're thinking the bigger picture. You're seeing that like the Wheel Pros brand itself is not that big. Like it's not known, right? Correct. And so you wanted to put more of that out there. So by you already had Hoonigan, you already acquired them, and then you saw what you could take a brand that had a massive brand behind it and then use that as the parent company awesome flashy it's like i drew and i had a conversation about this like on the way over like 
everybody knows Red Bull, but you don't just like think about Red Bull as just the drink company. You think about them in so many aspects, like a uh, race car, F1, like soccer team. I mean, they got it soccer all. You know? Seriously, it's like everything. And so taking like a brand who like has like the car industry, you could sort of like sum up and say like, you know, they're sort of like a pinnacle for like everybody in the car industry and saying like, you know, all of our brands sort of fall under the umbrella of ownership of that. Now it's, it's the Red Bull. It's saying like, you know, it's, it's Hoonigan, but it's, it's wheels, it's tires, it's, you know, it's yeah. the, the flashy, like the, the shows they put on, like it's the YouTube videos, like it's, it's all of that. So now like when you shop with Hoonigan, formerly, mm-hmm. you know, wheel pros, like you're essentially purchasing like, like the Red Bull experience, you know? I think it was a great move. And I know and people was like heated or whatever. Is like, but yeah, I think it was a very, very smart move. The reason being, two notes on that is, uh, one, that industry of wheels and tires, Hoonigan owns it. Whether people buy from Hoonigan or not, they watch their videos and they know yeah. Hoonigan. Like, Hoonigan is the staple in that industry. Yeah. The second being is, if I'm being honest with you, before I met you, I didn't know. I've never heard of Wheel Pros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I've heard of Hoonigan. Wait, I've heard of Throttle. But you probably you heard know? of every single one of our brands. Hundred yes. percent. Exactly. But like yeah. that's then you were doing fine, but you want to take it to the next level and make it something bigger for the parent company. And I huge. think I and think like, a lot of that was stepping back because if you, it's one thing to know the parent company, and and know all of the brands underneath, but like before you and I talked on the phone before Viperfest. Would you have known that Fuel and Rotiform were even under the same umbrella, or would, did you think that they were? I didn't know all the indi- brands, but I understood two individual brands. I understood the hierarchy. Who cares? And and for you now, know? and I think that's what Hoonigan bringing Hoonigan to the top. You're personalizing everybody's it, yeah. exactly. You're personalizing you're, you're gonna it elevate now. and personalize every single brand underneath it, and you're gonna you're gonna take those brands to just an even newer level, but everybody's going to associate those brands with being together now. Yeah. No one's going to look at it and be like, oh, I didn't know Fuel was not a Hoonigan brand, or I didn't know Rotaform or American Racing, or I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. They, they're not going to say that anymore. They're not going to be like, I didn't know they were all owned by one company called Wheel and not, yeah, yeah, not only that, but like you guys but aren't doing just... going to know that the Hoonigan owns right. all yeah, the brands Yeah, right. and you're not just doing wheels either, and I think it's it, taking that step back and looking at like Wheel Pros, and like it's just, you know, you didn't have that brand, like the notoriety with that, right. even though you had it with all the other wheel brands, and then so bringing Hoonigan in, you're personalizing the parent company, so people are familiarizing themselves yeah. with the parent company, and then it's like, it's then it's like not gonna lie if you're looking at wheels and it's like you're looking at like say you're a fan of certain people or whatnot and you're trying to decide which wheels you're more likely to choose one of your brands now because of hoonigan it's hoonigan whereas you're looking at like wheel pros or whatever your competitors are it's like they're gonna gravitate towards something they know it's familiar which is hoonigan so you're like that's the that's the the red bull strategy and you're not some big it touches back to what you said earlier it's like what separates all of these companies and i think it's the innovative thinking yeah what other companies are out there that that thought hey let's not just go from a wheel company let's go be an accessory company well, how do we get this into more consumers' hands? Mm-hmm. Well, probably through social media and marketing. So mm-hmm. how do we do that? Well, let's purchase an already established, you know, multimedia brand, mm-hmm. Hoonigan, that aligns with the same values that we do. Mm-hmm. And then that's doing so successful. Now that we have both of these, everybody knows Hoonigan. How do we get where they know Hoonigan 
and every single brand that's affiliated with Hoonigan. Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring this to the top because now everything is going to share the same marketing values that, that Hoonigan did. Yeah. And it's clearly a, one that is working well it's and a, has worked yeah, well. Absolutely. It's, it's, a win, it's a win-win in two different ways. One being if people start buying from the Hoonigan brands now because they know it's Hoonigan, that's a win for you guys. Yeah. If But on the other end, if people still are buying from Rotorform but don't know that it's a Hoonigan brand, Still a win for you guys. Well, I think <laughs> you know, yeah. it's still under the umbrella. And I think I think it's so interesting. Like when other con- companies badger, like every through every acquisition, we've heard it from both sides. There's there's half the crowd that's like, that's awesome. I now I can go to you guys for all of this. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other, and they're like, they're just monopolizing. That's mm-hmm. all they're doing. How is being smart and investing into your company because you see a niche market that you need? Mm-hmm. We needed wheels, then we needed tires. Then we needed suspension. Then we needed lighting. We needed all of these things. That's not more, monopolizing. No, That's just it, making sure that we have it, something to offer our customers. It's convenience. Today. Yeah. We want our customers to call yeah. us and order a complete package. Mm-hmm. What else do you need on your vehicle from start to finish? It's we good, can get you the it's wheels. It's a good example. Tires, and if you can bring it in-house, you just, you, you, it helps reduce costs. Yeah. It makes so, it easier for no, 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 customers so if to is, get it all into one if they location. Call a competitor, like, this yeah. is a really good example of like, you can never win with the customer. Like yeah. they're never going to be happy. So well, then, if you do something that you're, yeah. you basically did this stuff to make it more convenient for the customer, still and you're still going to get shit for it. And so it's like you yeah. got to pick and choose well, your battles. And if the customer <laughs> has to call A for this, and then turn around and source out and call B for this, and then go to C to get this installed. Yeah. Yes. Like, and they could have done it all with one. Right. Don't you think your customer is going to be a little happier? Yeah. You would and assume. You would think. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, well, they, not they as will easy be as the vocal ones who don't like to change or don't want to And I think a lot of the badgering is just the companies as well. Yeah. They, they say we're monopolizing, but I think it's because they take a step back and they're like, damn, that was a smart power play. We yeah, should have probably done that too. A lot yeah. of times when people have, when people say jealousy statements, it's typically because they're jealous. Or they're they're they mad the, because they didn't do it, or they didn't have the nuts to do it, and that's yeah. just what it is. You yeah, know, you didn't think of it. First. I was gonna say courage, but the nuts. Yeah. You think Randy's at home being like, "Oh damn, you know, I, I don't like what this company's seen." You know, his thing is, "Hell yeah, this is a power play." Dude, what else can I do? He's, <laughs> you he's know, probably yeah, he's, on the, he's on the next move already. Right? That was uh, actually my next question for you, Drew. Is like, what's next? But I think that this like this acquisition was probably the the biggest thing on the. So yeah, what so we want to do? It's yeah. already yeah. It's not new, new. Right, I think that's re-brand. one thing over, people overlook. Yeah, but I think people, I think the general public think that this is like this just happened, but like shed light on it. It's, like you guys bought Hoonigan so three years ago. So it's a lot of ago. realigning the values too. So it was Wheel Pros, and then right underneath Wheel Pros, we had um, four wheel parts. We had DLG, which was like Morimoto and all of that. We had Throttle, um, which is a B to B, or I mean a B to C, because um, they're just an e-commerce selling straight to the consumer. Yep. Um, Wheel Pros wanted to kind of shift that. So now Wheel Pros is still very much in play, but Wheel Pros is the wholesale B2B side of things. Hoonigan is the parent company overseeing all of it. Wheel Pros will be the B2B. Throttle will be the e-commerce B2C. Um, and then we'll have four-wheel parts, which is your your actual retail walk-in B2C. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's so cool. so who, who is Hoonigan now's competition? Like, in the wheel and tire industry, essentially. I mean, there's always going to be up-and-comers, but they just don't bring to the table what we do. Yeah. They don't give the whole portfolio, so I yeah. I don't think there is. Because there's a... And that, and that sounds cocky, but it's just like... That's just the facts. 
no one no one has invested that much time and effort yeah. to build yeah. an entire I mean, portfolio. When, you're a, when, you, when you monopolize everything, you're just the big... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. So yeah, you, he's <laughs> leaving comments on all the new. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Sp- You're the uh, one on putting the comments. Yeah, I just there. put the, I put the Monopoly Man gif on every. Uh, yeah. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna spice this up a little bit. You can answer. You don't have to answer. Uh, Is this the part I'm gonna have to cut out? Maybe. Brett, go ahead and start the cut uh, here. <laughs> sir, you, you guys deal with them at all? We do. Oh, you do. Brent, cut this stuff out. <laughs> so, all right, you can cut this. Whoa! <laughs> Is that where we cut it? All right, Brent, cut this part. <laughs> no, nah, just screw with you. No comment. That's funny. I plead the fifth. <laughs> we'll just bleep that question out and keep yeah. the rest in. Uh, dude, I love what you guys are doing, and even at uh, having you guys a part of Hyperfest. First of all, appreciate everything you guys did for us. Absolutely. It was, it was rad. You guys traveled down here. Your entire team was here. Uh, Set up a booth of all booths, dude. dude that thing was, was a beast. Uh, I'm never yeah. going to complain about setting up bars ever again. Yeah. but yeah. We like to show up in force. What's What's awesome is just the crew that you guys have. Yeah. You know, having a team that is also aligned with our vision, yeah. you know, that somebody that you can kick back and drink a beer with. You know, those are the kinds of we brands and partners well, that we want to we want to work like, with. If you if you step back and you look at it, like we're not yes, we're a corporate company, but we're not corporate guys. We're enthusiasts first. Hundred percent. And then there's the company. So when That's we awesome. show up, we just I mean, it's just car guys yeah, enjoying car Why, things. We pull up we pull up like, and you both are sucking down spotty cars already. <laughs> you know, dude, yeah. First time meeting you, obviously. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, no, I mean that's <laughs> that was I remember that. Uh, that's uh <laughs> slapping slapping 200 fuel stickers all over your truck yeah. that was literally the first time I, that, was, that was the first time i met drew too right there that's what makes business fun is yeah. having the friendships and partnerships that we have to be able to help grow each other Absolutely. you know otherwise if you're in business solely for the money factor of it dude it's it's gonna be stressful How it's boring. not gonna be fun it's gonna be boring in like you're doing it for the wrong quit. reasons yeah, yeah exactly like i mean this this has been so fun all that such, does is saturate it seriously it's been such a, a fun journey connecting with all these cool brands yeah. having you guys here like dude that Viperfest was such a blast. Oh, yeah. dude. Having, dude, it was, it was so much fun. I told these guys, we're lifers, man. So Let's as long go. as you have us, Call we're Viper for lifers. Absolutely. Vipers for lifers. I you, like that. that that's, that's, Next that's, time, that, we'll put you in a green, I'm a gonna, green photography because you already, got... I already got my tattoo. It's going to say, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down dude, for You're going to be an event event t-shirt next year with the videos you're getting. There you go. Dude. you yeah. got to put... Uh, or end up on somebody's hood. Cut CJ <laughs> Green. Yeah, right. Cut CJ Green's... Uh, video that you took in, in what a here. cool guy too dude man. like dude, that he was, was an all about it. He was disaster like, yeah though. he came over there he was like did i get close i was like did you get close yeah, you hit me oh, yeah. you almost smoked me dude it was awesome yeah cj agrees he's such a humble guy yeah. we, we had him on the last podcast that's awesome yeah. and uh again it's it's the people in it you know he's, he's just your everyday guy and what's awesome too is that which we learned is he's still working on his mm-hmm. uh truck yeah. Every race. Through and through. Through and through. Knows every, every race. part of it. He's not just racing it and then giving it off to the team say, hey, fix it. No, He's yeah. fixing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I followed, it's I followed so his cool. dad for a long time, and I, I always got that same, like, persona from his dad. It's build, break, repeat. Like, exactly. if you can build it and you can break it and you can fix it, yeah, that's going to take you so much farther than, yeah. like you said, just, oh, 
crashed it, pass it off to the team. Like, I, I love F1. I watch a lot of F1. But do you think any of those drivers can rebuild that car? No. no. Absolutely and, not. And no. think about how that applies to business, too, when you're running a business. It's 100%. Just, it's just, well, and it, not only that, it yeah. also makes... If you don't know it. Yeah. yeah. How do you fix it? Yep. Like, if you, as a business owner, and I, I feel like the driver of the cockpit is very much the business owner at that point mm-hmm. because no one eats if he doesn't win. Right. If you don't know how to do every you know, part of that, how are you going to really resonate with your team? How are you going to resonate with your guys if you're not down there busting your knuckles and wrenching with them too? Absolutely. Because no, you know what happens is it creates problems where everyone will look at you and be like, well, why aren't you helping? You mm-hmm. know, you're telling me to do all this shit, but then you're going off and, yeah. you know, when it's cold outside, we're fixing the truck, but you're going inside well, in nice heat. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's like, it is, why am I doing this if, if our leader's not here doing it with y'all us? Are, y'all are doing every aspect of the the – you know, the company, and that's what I love about you guys. And then I think we all have that same that same mindset as well. I mean, we love getting our hands into everything. Like, yeah. we could just as easily have set up uh, the partnership with ViperFest and then just yeah. brought in the marketing team and sent them. Totally. And they offered, but we were like, no, dude, yeah. this is... I love that. It's, well, in, our part back, of the it's in our backyard. Give, yeah. us, give us the materials that yeah. we need to yeah. make this a like, successful show. Let us go do it. Like, we appreciate that. Yeah, was that was the conversation. It was like, on Science Drew, it was like, what do you want to get out of this? What do we want to get out of this? How can we both do this to make it work the best? Because he's like, hey, man, this is late in the quarter. I mean, it's two weeks out or however long. He's like, I don't yeah. know if we can make all this work. I was like, how do you want to make it work? Well, the coolest then, thing was you guys saw the vision of it, too. You know, like, absolutely. It's, uh. it's our first event. We're telling you all this car show, burnout pit, this, that, and the other. You guys saw the vision, and that helped, like, that trust that you guys had in us speaks volumes. Like, well, we and any that. any other like, you know, wheel company could have brushed it off and been, well, they don't sell wheels. Why would I go to the show? Right. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you said you know we're, we weren't there to sell. We didn't even we didn't sell a single thing. It's a hundred percent alignment for two companies to get brand awareness out there. Absolutely. You promoted our product. We promoted your product. And I think both companies grew and are greater for it. Yeah. And, and that's the relationships what, that's what and everything else. Yeah, it's man, all yeah. about the relationships and it's all about the brand awareness and the exposure. Yeah. You know? it, I, I love, I love seeing there's a group of brands in this day and age that are growing and are going to be, I believe staples in every individual industry you guys are crushing it. You guys have been in it for a while. Like you have Brunt. Brunt is coming up. High quality products. He's yeah. all about the personal, personable aspect of it too. Levrack. Levrack's coming up in their industry. Yeah. Awesome group of guys on that one as well. You got Viper. You got all these younger upcoming brands that I believe are going to take over the industry because you have your big players in the game that yeah. I think are getting comfortable and are at that corporate level where you know the CEO is. May, or the founders are maybe bought out, and now it's just some suit and tie, big I, wig running the organization. I agree with the Brown you know? one. That's a great example because you could just as easily go to any store and buy a Carhartt. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely Nothing could. wrong with that. I love right. Carhartt. I'm half my closet's Carhartt. Right. But did they take the time and effort like a newer company like Brunt or yeah. even these new like True Work brands or different brands like that? Like, no. Exactly. Those guys are out there grinding, and they're trying to put out better product. Yeah, and get it into the hands of the consumers. It's a great Enthu- product too. Yeah, I, like enthusiast-driven and focused on like Everybody, actually making uh, a difference. And yeah. and and I think all the companies you're talking about, it's just the 
the genuine aspect of mm-hmm. the who is behind it. You know, they want to do something, but they want to make a bigger difference. They don't. They're none of these companies are looking out for like hey, how much money can we make. You know what I mean? It's more so like solving a problem, doing something bigger, making a bigger impact, um, and it makes all the difference. Dude, it it uh, so Dylan and I were in San Diego uh, about two and a half weeks ago visiting our marketing partner, uh. and uh, so we're on the boardwalk and we see this massive yacht like 300 feet yacht and that's just it's like a at that point like the titanic yeah. and we look up the owner of it <laughs> and it's still floating yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn <laughs> we looked up the uh, hey, too, too soon sam <laughs> yeah. like 100 plus years yeah. Still too soon. Yeah, okay we looked up the owner of it and started doing research on him and his name is dennis washington first of all if you got that name you want to vote like that like <laughs> that's a solid name <laughs> he was a, an industrialist, started with a similar story that you were talking about as you were sw- sweeping floors. He started off doing the same thing. Yeah. He was, uh, oil, But he was uh, wiping oil off of big machinery all day for years. And now he's worth like $8 billion. Wow. Regardless, the point of the story is... I want story that story is, of how I have to clean Dane's shoes every day. I hope I get to, to be the... No, you're just going to clean up the black paint. <laughs> you don't have the last name. <laughs> you're not but wrong. The, the point of the story is you dig deeper into his actual passion and how he got started the first year. So he got when when he started his own business, his own construction company, he took a loan from Caterpillar for 30 grand. And a year later, that same owner that gave him that $30,000 loan asked him if he would donate 25 grand to a hospital and he could pay off in increments. And he's like, this is all I have. He's like, I understand. We'll just do a five year payment plan, but we'll name, the hotel or the uh, uh, hospital room after you and your wife. And he was such a giver. He said, let's do it. Absolutely. I'll give you everything because I believe in it. And I'm still just going to work my ass off to pay it off. Fast forward uh, 60 years, him and his wife donated over like a cumulative, like $250 million. Just because of that first start, as he saw how much of an impact that it him giving helped him grow, yeah. mm-hmm. him and his That's wife. Awesome. And he wasn't just giving to expect something yeah. back. He was giving because he's a great person. Mm-hmm. And wow. that should what, be like wow. we want to build here is people get to that it's size. The silent ones. Yeah, dude. The ones yeah. you don't know about that give. Exactly. And uh, what's also cool about him, no Instagram, him and his wife, <laughs> nothing. They built it by just pure grit, yeah. work, late nights, like um, – but it's just cool, like the giving back side, the partnerships, like doing the stuff in silent that nobody sees no. and not expecting anything in return. You guys came here. You didn't expect anything. No. Like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. This yeah. sounds like a great, great party. You know, whether you got anything or not, like it, it still is just paying it forward. Yeah. You know, no, we had that. We had that Alex mindset, which. We I solved. like this. What is this? Is this something cool or is no, this something I, weird? No, I got to give you like you three spotted cows before <laughs> noon, yeah. four spotted cows afternoon. No, I just I liked, I liked I like your mentality of how like you came to Viper and you were consumer first, but yeah. you saw where the company was going and you fully just submerged yourself into what they were doing, Absolutely. and that's that's kind of how my mentality was on it. I mean, y'all were popping up and every single one of my customers, I knew it was a good product. Mm-hmm. It's not a cheap product. It's overbuilt. But I saw with like the marketing and the effort and just everything that was going into it, I had that same mentality like this is going places yeah. and I want to be a part of this. Yeah, and appreciate that. Y'all putting on the festival like we were just all about it. Yeah, dude, dude it was fun. Yeah. And it was definitely dude, a good time. It's exciting. It's definitely inspiring. Hearing I never heard uh, yeah. Will Pro story yeah. or Hoonigan story, but 
I, I'm still gonna say Will Pros because you know it's, yeah. it's still I still get it separate, but, like, weird, yeah. but uh, I love the story <laughs> behind it and and the the powerhouse moves that Randy made of acquiring people and like he just didn't stop and that's the same thing we want to do is like the chairs like just got our name out there. There's so much shit we're moving into that's just gonna accelerate it. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm pumped to to see where even this partnership Absolutely. goes. You know, yeah. I mean, too too hungry. We got some fun stuff planned. Yeah, we do got a lot of fun we stuff got, planned. Uh, yeah. We got some. Does that involve drink a beer? Spotted cows. Spooded, well, that's, spooded how, that's how we get the creative ideas flowing, right? I know. Yeah. Well, I know this is guys? probably going to air after SEMA, but I'm excited for SEMA. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see you guys in our booth. It's, it's going to be fun. Be, yeah. It's just going to be awesome. Yeah, man. I'm excited. What an alignment. We're, we're yeah. definitely excited for SEMA this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Thanks it was a joy talking with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for this awesome gift, too. This is definitely going to get used. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the freedom fund, man. Yeah. I, Mike, I love the uh, the Chug Bud, but damn, this thing's dude, it's an eagle. So it's an eagle. Like, like it, damn, yeah. this thing's pretty sick. I was I was gonna bring uh, another gift, and I'm kind of mad that I didn't. But uh, <laughs> I think this one's pretty damn good. No, this one's this one's good. It was uh, it was something to go along with it. So when Chris <laughs> when Chris was down there visiting last week, and we went out to dinner, and I was like, Have you ever had Malort's? Y'all know what Malort's is? No. It's the most god awful like medicinal alcohol. Oh, is it? On, yeah. Oh, on no. oh, we're cool. You don't have to bring that. Yeah, you, yeah. Right. And I was gonna bring it, and then no, I was like, you know right. what? This is an early podcast. Maybe not. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. Next time I'm bringing it. So no, it's been fun. Right. So with uh, with every with your history, 34 years in this world, what piece of advice would you give anybody listening? That doesn't sound cliche. Uh, that doesn't, yeah, no, what, it whatever be, it is. It could be can, a cliche, but it, what, if it means something to you. Yeah, what's, what's got you? I mean, for me, what resonates with me is just just take a chance. Love it. 100%. Yeah. You know, I took a chance moving to Illinois, and it ended up being the greatest thing I ever did. I mean, I wouldn't sit at this table right now talking yeah. to you guys had, had I not done that. And then, uh, you know, leaving Discount Tire and taking a 15-year career just on a chance. And then yeah, dude. Same you thing. took a lot of chances. That yeah. ended up being yeah. the same thing. It's just... You know, it, it sounds cliche, but dude, just if it sounds right and it feels right, just just take a chance. Don't think shut everybody far. else out. Don't and take think your about chance. it. Just do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the world will figure it out. Well, that's what we always say too: is everything's gonna be okay, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like you went one. through, you went through some hard shit in your life. You got through it. Yeah. There's gonna be more hard shit coming up, right. and you're gonna get right through well, it. Well, it goes kind of lines like I'm still. with where the the Hoonigan company is going so like our new our new brand vision statement is we're just going to provide the passion that keeps dreams in motion bro done you know and that's one thing that's i was good. sitting here like like, like thinking like back after like what you were talking about and the biggest takes takeaways from your story and it's 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 on a mass level that everybody kind of does and goes through but no one really acknowledges it like your story just it basically like you had a passion and you followed your passion and you took chances yep. and then the chances that you took, you took them for you and you didn't ask anything for out of it. No. Like when you wanted to do the car show at, at Discount Tire, it's because you thought it'd be cool. You were interested in it and like it was going to help them, but you weren't asking anything about it. It's no. something you're passionate about. You went over to the wheel company because you were passionate about it and, and like you wanted to help that other company out. Because you had the skills and ability to. You didn't go there saying, hey, I can make you a lot of money. Pay me this much money and yeah. I'll come over. You were like, I think I can help you guys out because you have this problem. Ugh. And, like, again, you took another chance. And it's like that really comes down to passion, chances, and just doing yeah. the right thing. Yeah. You know? it, I love it. Because it felt right. 
If you have a feeling, it feels right. Drew says, take a chance. Take a chance. Thanks for coming on, man. This was oh, awesome. Yeah, dude. Thanks Appreciate for having you. Me. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Thanks for listening. See you next week.